Hello, everyone. In case you've forgotten, I'm Gavin Scott, and joining me on this summer night in Sydney, Australia, is Matthew Demby. Oh, it's a hot one, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it's great to be back, and what a hot old night it is here in Sydney town. It's been in the high 30s today, i.e. perilously close to that very Kylie figure of 100 degrees. 100 degrees, well, it's still Christmas to me. Now, speaking of all things Minogue, Matt and I are just popping by to give you a little taste of our track-by-track bonus episodes. Alongside our main journey going through every single produced by Stockhaken and Waterman, We've been tackling some of the albums Saw worked on in our bonus content and discussing them track by track. Yeah, Kylie by Kylie Minogue was the first track by track album review we did. So how it works is we take into account how our listeners rated all the songs and we count down the tracks from least to most favourite on those ratings. And then we share a lot of our own thoughts and opinions as we go. And so this sneak peek episode will give you an idea of what those episodes are like. And in a minute, we're going to throw to the first tracks in that Kylie rate. But we've also done track by tracks for Enjoy Yourself and Rhythm of Love, Jason Donovan's two Saw-produced albums. We've also done episodes on Donna Summer's Another Place and Time, and also Dead or Alive's Youthquake, which we recorded with special guest star Barry Stone. I love that episode more on it later. We've just completed another episode on Lonnie Gordon's If I Have to Stand Alone album, which subscribers can listen to right now. So if you like the sound of what you're about to hear, head over to chartbeats.com.au slash saw where you can subscribe for the bonus content as well as track by tracks. There are extended interviews and loads of other content that hasn't made it into the main episodes. It should keep you busy until we're back with the show in 2024. And I can't wait to get back into it with a certain Kylie classic from Rhythm of Love. But in the meantime, let's go all the way back to where it all started. Yes, let's dive into our Kylie track by track. Play the theme music. everybody and welcome to a bit of a different bonus material than we've done in the past. Hello Matt. Hi Gavin, how are you doing? I'm good. Now we're going to talk about the Kylie album. We have done album track by tracks in the bonus material before, but we thought it would be interesting and, you know, interactive to get listeners to vote and then pull together an ultimate countdown of the tracks on Kylie by Kylie Minogue. And that's what we're going to do, isn't it? It absolutely is. This is such a landmark album for me. As I mentioned in the main episode, ran out and bought this literally the day it came out, which is not something that I ever used to usually do. I'd usually just wait until it was convenient. Uh, But this one, I had to have it the day it came out. Got it on CD. One of the very first CDs I ever owned. The Mushroom Records version that originally came out was a quote-unquote picture disc. So you see Kylie's face on the CD. Loved it. Raced home to listen to it. Really excited to hear all of the tracks, especially really intrigued and really interested to hear the sore version of Locomotion because unlike you, Gavin, I knew that they'd re-recorded it and I wanted to hear what their version was going to be like, but we'll get to that soon enough. But It's something, it's one of those records that's really sort of embedded in my mind, the whole sort of process of buying it and, you know, opening it up for the first time and putting it on and listening to every track. It's that kind of landmark for me, this album. Yeah, same for me as well. I put it on the day of release as well, which was July 18 in Australia. And that was a Monday. And I guess it must have been school holidays or maybe I was off school or something. 
for whatever reason, I walked from my home to the record store. I bought Kylie. I also bought Push by Bross on the same day. I remember that. That had been out for a little while. But I bought the two albums, which for me was so extravagant to buy two albums on the one day. My goodness, what was I thinking? But I had to have Kylie as soon as possible and then got home and was devastated that Locomotion wasn't on there. And I still didn't own Locomotion. But anyway, I'll stop banging on about that. So what we're going to do is we're going to count down from 10 to 1 the most popular songs on Kylie as voted by you, the listeners. And Matt and I did vote as well. And what everyone did on social media was they ranked the tracks on the album from most favorite to least favorite. And I whacked all them into a spreadsheet, came up with an (laughs) average. And we're going to go from the song that scored the least number to the one that has the highest score. Does that make sense? It does make sense, Gavin. It does. Good. It didn't make sense as I was saying it. But anyway, there is there is a method to this. Let's start at number 10. And the song from Kylie, the album that scored the lowest points from the jury of listeners is I Miss You. Well, I'm surprised, Gavin. I've got to say, if that's the worst song on the album, this is not really an album with a lot of filler on it. Great little pop song, very memorable chorus that I could still sing to this day without having refreshed on this album for a little while. I enjoyed it at the time, I've got to say. I've got, I'm quite surprised. It wasn't my least favourite. I won't tell you what mine was. Were you surprised to see this at number 10, Gavin? I don't know if I was surprised. I think consistently through the voting, it was getting quite low vote. So I think early on, I knew it wasn't going to score that well. I find the chorus a little bit, a a little bit nothing. I miss you. Oh, 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 I miss you. (laughs) It's kind of up there with you move me. No, it's nowhere near you move me, nowhere near it. But I do like the melody. It's quite nice as it shifts from the verse to the chorus. I like that transition. Maybe it's like some of those princess singles where the verse is way more interesting than the chorus. It might be another one of those. But, yeah, as you say, it's it's not a terrible song. It's not a bad song. It's probably an 8 out of 10 for me. I like it, but I can see why it's not the most popular from the album. Right, fair enough. Now, what came in at number nine, Gavin? Well, this is an interesting one, and I don't know if it was because there was an influx of Australian voters. I don't don't think there was particularly. I think it was spread quite evenly. But at number nine is The Locomotion. Here it is. Yeah, I'm really surprised to see that come in that low, even though it wasn't my favourite rendition of this song. You know, obviously, I'm going to say it again, Mike Duffy's version, being an Australian, I've got my allegiances there. Uh, I don't think this deserves to be this low in the ranking. I think it's, you know, it's it's more than competent. I'd be surprised if many British listeners uh, contributed to this song being so low in the top 10, but who knows? I think it's also because it's a little bit of a novelty, this song. I mean, I guess back in 88, when everyone was, you know, 10, 11, 12 and loved Locomotion because it was poppy and fun, I think now 
maybe people are voting on what they think now and maybe it's not the type of song that people might go to now. I still love Locomotion, the original Aussie version. I will still listen to that. But I can see why for some people maybe it's like, oh, I don't want to listen to the Locomotion anymore. I've outgrown that because it is a bit more of a yeah, novelty kitty kind of song. Mm-mm-mm. Well, look... <laughs> What's that sound mean? Look, I, I don't think it's novelty or kitty. It's, it's a classic song which has been hit multiple times in very different renditions. I mean, God, there's been rock versions, there's been disco versions, Kylie's version, the the original 1962 classic by Little Eva. I think this song is it's enduring because it's it, it's got some fire behind it and it's fun. I would not call this kitty pop. Oh, well, it's like the twist though, isn't it? Or ABC. In no way whatsoever, Gavin. It's, well, it's like the twist in that it's a dance and come on, everybody, do the twist. Come on, everybody, yeah. come on, come on, do the locomotion. It's very like the twist, I would say. But anyway, I'm just trying to rationalise why people might not be interested in the locomotion anymore and may have voted it so poorly. But let's move on to number eight. And at number eight, this one's a surprise to me. What a cliffhanger to leave things on. Yeah, I think that's what you call incentive. Now, the rest of the track-by-track track countdown is available in the bonus content. Look for it under episode 36. And as I mentioned, there is bonus material for all 64 episodes of the show so far. And I think it's safe to say there are more squabbles to come. Yeah, the bonus episodes are a lot more free-flowing and conversational, so they're fun to do after some of the more information-dense main episodes. They can also be really unpredictable, and I know people like listening to them for that reason as well. And it's nice to be able to focus on some sore deep cuts, like on the Lonnie Gordon album that we've just completed, and that has been uploaded for subscribers now. And like on Matt's favourite album, Youthquake. Oh, my favourite, favourite teenage album, Youthquake. I think the key word, I'm going to spoil it for you, the key word in that analysis was sex and also headaches because I used to absolutely blast my brain to pieces listening to this tape on my uh, cheap, nasty, fake Sony Walkman. All right, let's have a little snippet of our Youthquake bonus episode. Here you go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the bonus material for the Happening All Over Again episode. Well, I mean, it's got nothing to do with Happening All Over Again, but there's a tenuous link, isn't there, Matthew Denby? I think it's more than a tenuous link, Gavin. I think without the artists we're talking about in the bonus, there never would have been Lonnie Gordon making a soul record. Indeed. Now, this is the long-awaited Youthquake countdown ranking, rating, whatever you want to call it, Dead or Alive's first Stock Aiken Awardman album. And normally these things are just Matt and I counting down the songs and talking about how you got the voting right or you got the voting wrong, because once again, we're counting down the listeners' votes. But this time we're joined by a special guest, none other than Barry Stone from Jules and Stone and The Alias. Hello, Barry. Good morning. How you doing? We're good. Welcome, Barry. You're possibly an even bigger Dead or Alive fan than myself, aren't you? Oh, well, shall we find out? <laughs> well, you've got a, a wonderful, not only a personal relationship with the history of Dead or Alive's records, having been a massive teenage fan, but you went on, of course, to work with Dead or Alive on the, the Nuclear Patra album and got to know Pete and Steve quite well, didn't you? Yeah, it's amazing that I got to do that. Like I said, I was a massive fan and this album means so much to me. It's um, without being overly dramatic, it probably changed my life. Spin me and, and the album in general. Obviously, I knew I was doing this today, so I've been having a youthquake party here today at the house and um, <laughs> listening again. And um, yeah, it just brings back 
so many memories and you know i've still got the original gatefold wow. vinyl that i got in 1985 that my dad picked up from the uk when he came over and when he went over on a trip and um i, I get it every now and then to have a little sniff oh, <laughs> nothing brings back memories like smells huh i know listeners you can't see this but as well as barry just holding up that gatefold copy of youthquake behind him is a special youthquake cover barry tell us about about what you've got behind you yeah so it's when i came to london in 89 i did have a massive youthquake poster in the first flat that i lived at and i do not know what happened to that poster it just went amiss over the years and um so i had been meaning for years to get another one and i was looking on ebay every now and then and this this came up and it's um it's a lithograph print um, made from the original plates in 1985 by a master lithographer whose daughter sold it. This guy, he made them for CBS. It's a limited edition. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's in, um, it's framed and um, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. It's fantastic. It's amazing. You know, I, I think one of the things that we share, Barry, is this album being like quite a seminal piece of music in our stories it was one of the first, you know, really big teenage albums for me. I used to listen to it all the time on my uh, on my a cheapo Sony Walkman ripoff, which was a really sort of cheap, nasty personal stereo. So that, along with you know the belting sound of it, I used to give myself splitting headaches listening to this album. I'd go out and walk the dog listening to Youthquake. Yeah. come home with a throbbing headache because of the the sound but i still you know maybe it was a form of self-abuse i don't know i just couldn't mm-hmm. stop listening to it <laughs> so your first copy was on cassette uh no i taped it because i taped, oh, it, you taped the stereo. it right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it could be portable the one thing about this album when i've got the vinyl and then i saw the cassette was in the shop and then i realized it had two extra tracks it had the mm. performance mix which i'd never heard and it also had the um the 12 inch of love will come back which i think i'd ended up getting so then the cassette was the next thing i had to get because i had to hear this performance mix and then obviously the cd came out and that was different again because it had the different intros to some of the tracks which again blew my mind it's like wow this is different hold on what is that well amazing sort of um classic 80s marketing techniques to get the super fans to buy every format Mm, well they're still doing that aren't they i mean how many versions of padum padum are there out there how how many (laughs) versions of tension can you pre-order in all the different colored vinyls and it's working because I know so many people who've bought about a bazillion copies of uh, Tension and uh, and Padum Padum. So you know, good on them. It's funny though because the original uh, the original album that's not the one that's on streaming now. It's it's the one that was on the CDs is the one that's yeah. on streaming. So that's actually rarer now because to have the mm. the, fa- the faded up cake and eat it and the the original in, um, intro to been a long time. And I actually do prefer Spin Me without the Rocket Rocket. Oh really? Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know, it sounds a little bit gimmicky maybe, but I, I, yeah. I just prefer coming in hard. Yep, definitely. Well, Gavin, what's your personal relationship with Youthquake like? It's definitely not as intense. Is that the right word? As as your, yes. as both of yours. Um, I, I like it. I own it. I prefer Mad, Bad and Dangerous to Know. I don't know if I'm, if that is going to scandalise purists. And and in fact, there are a couple of tracks from Youthquake that aren't even in my iTunes. I didn't rip the entire album. I have seven of the nine tracks in my iTunes because two tracks I, I could skip and, and we'll talk about them when we get to them. So I think it look I think it's a good album other than those two tracks. Really solid, but I do prefer Mad, Bad and Dangerous. That is my go-to Dead or Alive album, I would say. But obviously it all started here with this album and with well not all of it but uh you know you spin me round did 
change so much and lead to so much as, as we've talked about uh, quite a lot on the show. So I, I, yeah, I do like it. I like you, Barry. I had a bit of a youth quake party this afternoon to, uh, you know, get it fresh in my mind again. And uh, yeah, well, I'll be, I'll be talking about what I thought, what I think of mm-hmm. the songs as, as we go through. So shall we dive into it and uh, count down from number nine to number one? Let's do it. What's number nine? Okay, so the listeners have voted and and us three have all voted as well. And the least favourite of the tracks on Youthquake is this one. I'm guessing been a long time. So yes, Barry, you were right. Number nine, it's been a long time. What do you think of this track? I like this track. I loved it at the time. I mean, I loved all the all the tracks on the album at the time. Looking back now, this one, it's basically Mike and Matt being Trevor Horn, I think, and basically doing <laughs> like a, a welcome to the pleasure drum opus, you know, making something more out of the quite basic song that they were given. And the songwriting itself kind of does, it's like the songwriting that Pete, I've heard Pete do before sophisticated boom, boom. It's very kind of basic song, very raw kind of, but yeah, the, you know, they made the best out of it, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it, but I, I can see why it's probably why it is at number nine and probably why it was the last track on the album as well. I'm a bit surprised. It was, it was my number eight choice. So it, it was one that was down lower down in my ranking, but I think it's really good. I mean, it's obviously not a storming sort of radio pop song like uh, we associate with Stock Aitken and Waterman and most of Dead or Alive singles with them. It's a bit sort of more epic and sort of gothic-y and, as you say, very Trevor Horn. I've always thought, you know, it could have been a bit of an, an unusual sort of risky singles choice that they might have made, but obviously they never never went there. So, look, I mean, I did struggle to decide which were my least favourites because this album is all killer and no filler. So I understand everything has to be listed and that means some things are going to be low down. I don't think this is a bad track at all. So I'm not going to interpret this position as people saying that this is not any good. What do you think of it, Gavin? No, people were at pains when they were voting to state that just because they were putting something in the number nine position didn't mean they hated it. And not everyone put this song in as the number nine, obviously. So, yeah, that was very clear among the voters that this is a, a bit of a revered album and they had to put something last and, and so this was it. And, you know, we've come across that before. This We had the same response with Enjoy Yourself, people not wanting to put something in 10th in spot. And Donna, well, Donna Summer especially, people found that very hard to rank. But look, for me, it drones on a bit. And when I was listening to it this afternoon, I started playing this song and then I went off and did something and I think the, it was the, kids, still going. the kids came into the room and blah, blah, blah. And then I got back and I was like, oh, is it still going? And yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the version on Spotify is, is the eight minute, this is an eight minute version. So it does kind of bang on well, for that, a while. That, that is the album version, isn't it, I think? So, so that was my response. It, it, you know, it wasn't my number nine. Uh, it is one of the two songs that aren't in my iTunes. And it's, yeah, it does just kind of keep going and going mm-hmm. and going. Right, and, right. you know, you know me, you know I like my radio edits. You certainly do, yes. Okay, coming in at number eight is the other song, Not In My iTunes. So there we have it, a little taste of Youthquake. Oh, we spoil you. 
So head to chartbeats.com.au slash saw to subscribe if you want more of that kind of stuff. And your support in subscribing does keep the podcast going. Even though the main show is on a break, things have been going on behind the scenes. I can reveal that the first interview for our 1991 episodes has taken place, and a few more are already lined up for early in the new year. We've been busy, haven't we? We have been busy. You know, so much dedication has got us over the line with some of that stuff. And, you know, in terms of your own dedication, I've got to say, Gavin, that's what love can do. Ha, indeed. All right, everybody, hope you've enjoyed hearing from us again. It's been nice to pop back in. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and we will see you in 2024. Goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Enjoy your break, everybody. Thank you.